All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of the Wrestling Rant Podcast. The me, your host, Ryan Lytle. Still wish it was a cooler name. It is not, but I'm going to go with it once again. And now this week on the Wrestling Rant Podcast, guys, I'm going to talk about um, The Undertaker and Brock Lesnar, and I'm going to talk about the history. I know we're leading up to SummerSlam here in, in just a little over a week, but at the same time... I don't want to fantasy book that match. I don't want to go off nothing, but I'm going to tell you a little bit about the history and let you decide what you think is going to happen. And I want you to let me know on Twitter at Wrestling Rant. That is right, at Wrestling Rant. Rant is spelled with a W. Put a silent W in front of that bitch. Why? Because I can. It sounds cooler. So it is Wrestling Rant. Rant is spelled W-R-A-N-T. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoy the sound quality of this podcast a little bit better than the previous podcast. I have invested in a new microphone as well as uh, recording software um so and editing software especially so hopefully you guys enjoy it a little bit more um let me know what you think um anyway i'm gonna jump right into it because at the same time i don't have a lot of time i want to get this quick short simple sweet it's about gonna be about 30 minute podcast i hope you enjoy it hope it's the best 30 minutes of your weekend if it is not well fuck if it is let me know that's right on wrestling rant follow me on soundcloud follow me on twitter my stuff is on itunes as well um let me know and so i'm gonna jump right into it there's not gonna be a a beginning to this podcast i'm just gonna go and basically what i'm talking about is this past week on wwe tv they aired a segment where paul Heyman states everyone is talking about the myth of the undertaker you know the myth that surrounds the undertaker and he wants to talk about the myth that surrounds brock lesnar i know i can't do paul Heyman very well but Hey, that's why Paul Heyman gets paid, and I don't. This is free. This is a wrestling rant podcast for the fans by a fan. All right, but what I want to have happen is maybe at the end of this podcast, you'll be doing exactly what Paul Heyman wants and talking about the myth that is Brock Lesnar. Now, if you listen to my previous podcast, I told you I don't want to speculate on this upcoming SummerSlam match with uh, Brock Lesnar and The Undertaker because at the same time, I feel that if this is really Undertaker's last run and if WrestleMania 32 is going to be his last match... I don't I don't want to fantasy book it. I don't want to know what's going to happen before it happens. If this is Undertaker's last match, I just want to sit back and enjoy it as a fan. And when I say as a fan, I mean as a fan who did not read the dirt sheets back in the day when I didn't know this stuff existed on the internet. And, you know, I didn't know, you know, the ins and outs of the wrestling business as well as I do now. So I'm going to let that sit back and let that story be told for me before my eyes. And I'm going to enjoy it. And I hope you guys enjoy it as well. But at the same time, this podcast is going to be about the history. Yes, that's right. The history of Brock Lesnar and The Undertaker. And I think it's going to be something special. But at the end of the day, I kind of want to give you this history. That way, well, essentially, you can do exactly what I said I didn't want to do in fantasy book this this upcoming SummerSlam pay-per-view. Um, I'm going to go through these matches briefly. And then I'm going to talk a little bit at the end and how I feel about it. And, and uh, I hope you guys join in the conversation on Twitter, like I said, at Wrestling Rant. Um, so basically, the history, guys. Uh, first ever meeting. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. My dates might be out of out of whack. I know some of these are going to be SmackDown tapings and might have been taped on this date and shown on this date, or these might not be the first encounters because I don't have every live event on here. But I do have uh, what I did on research, and believe it or not, I got on YouTube. Holy shit. And if you listen to my podcast, you know I'm not a YouTube guy. But I got on YouTube and watched literally everything I'm about to tell you. I sat back and watched these matches on YouTube. Um, that's why this podcast is about, I don't know, five hours later than it usually is during the day. But at the same time, it's worth it. It's research. You got to do what you got to do to be a, po- a podcaster and, uh, you know, just trying to make this podcast the best that it can be. Um, so the first the first event I have is actually Brock Lesnar and The Undertaker tag teaming together against Ric Flair and Rob Van Dam on July 15th, 2002 of Monday, 
is the addition of Monday Night Raw in 2002 on July 15th, where they actually beat Ric Flair and Rob Van Dam. Now, if you look back at the history of Brock Lesnar and Undertaker, obviously when Brock Lesnar came to WWE, they wanted to give him a big push, so therefore they, you know, who better team with except for the top babyface in the company? And if you want to say that Undertaker's not top babyface in the company, do your research, kids. He is definitely the top babyface in the company, has been and will be until he retires. I know John Cena's up there right now, and he probably is the top face, but he's also the top heel, but Undertaker is the true leader and top face of the WWE until he leaves the WWE, and right now he hasn't left, so therefore he's still the top face. Um, The second meeting, or the second encounter of Brock Lesnar versus The Undertaker was actually uh, Unforgiven 2002, September 22nd, 2002, Brock Lesnar versus The Undertaker for the WWE Championship, and it ended in a double disqualification. It ended in a fucking draw. When's the last time you saw a match end in a draw? I mean, literally. I Fuck, I can't remember one, unless you want to count the uh, where Undertaker showed up at during Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar match. Granted, technically ended in disqualification, Seth Rollins won, but the ring announcer never made that announcement until the next night. So, therefore, hey, could have been double disqualification, but I guess nobody really got disqualified. Um, and the next meeting we have, guys, is October 20th, 2002, at a No Mercy pay-per-view event. It was Brock Lesnar, and he actually defeated The Undertaker in a hell in a cell for the WWE Championship. Um, that's fucking crazy, considering the fact that, granted, I know it's not WrestleMania, but Brock, Brock Lesnar being still so new and defeating The Undertaker so early, that just goes to show you that at that time, WWE was still very high on Brock Lesnar and wanted to push him as quickly as possible. Um, so it made for a very entertaining match um it was actually really cool you can go on youtube and watch it um it's not terribly long it's actually probably longer than this episode this podcast is going to be but it is um it was a very good match hell in a cell i mean come on you can't beat hell in a cell especially if the undertaker's involved in the hell in a cell it's going to be good now uh before i get to the next one which is the 03 royal rumble i'm going to light this cigarette because i don't know if you guys realize this but it is 8 30 a.m where i am at um i record these things early in the morning technically because I'm a third shift worker, so I'm up all night, uh, about 10, 11 o'clock in the morning is when I go to sleep, um, so about 7, 30, 8 o'clock in the morning is when I start drinking, now I'm not a big cigarette smoker, but when I drink, god damn it, I need a couple cigarettes, so give me two seconds and we're going to talk about it. Alright, I know that was longer than two seconds, don't kill me, don't hate me, follow me on Twitter, Jesus Christ, alright, now, the 03 Royal Rumble, um, Technically, Brock didn't just defeat Undertaker. I know there was 30-man Royal Rumble, but Brock Lesnar def- won the Royal Rumble in 2003. Obviously, once again, just proving how high WWE was on who would be eventually known as the Beast. I thought it was funny because I hear in the beginning of Brock Lesnar's career, they call him how he's an animal. And it's like, well, Batista became the animal, let's be honest. But at the same time, that's my fantasy match for WrestleMania, Brock Lesnar and Batista. Let's not get that too carried away, but that's what it is. And um, But Brock Lesnar won the World Rumble in 2003. Um, obviously, uh, went on to main event WrestleMania, as all World Rumbles do, winners do. Um, very next one is the uh, March 27, 2003 SmackDown taping. So probably aired on, or not March, sorry, May 27, 2003. Probably aired May 30th. Uh, I don't remember at that time. Pretty sure they're still Thursday Night SmackDown. Um, 
But it was, uh, believe it or not, another tag team handicap match where Lesnar and Undertaker were tag teaming, and they actually got defeated by uh, Chuck Palumbo, uh, Funaki, and The Big Show defeated Brock Lesnar and The Undertaker in a handicap tag match. Um, this just goes to the history. I mean, they weren't always against each other. They started tag teaming, then they went two matches against each other, then obviously the Royal Rumble happened, and now we're to this point where they're tag teaming again, and they ended up losing this tag team match. Um, now, with the very next match we have going on, guys, um, The Undertaker defeated Brock Lesnar via pinfall, um, but it was a triple threat with The Big Show. So, with that being said... Undertaker defeated Brock Lesnar in the Big Show in a triple threat match. Now, he did indeed pin Brock Lesnar in this match. Um, he ended up hitting him with the last ride. Uh, it was a very cool ending. Uh, Brock Lesnar is about to suplex Big Show off the top rope. Undertaker gets up and goes and gets up from the bottom uh, of the turnbuckle. He was down on the apron. Um, gets up, hits Brock Lesnar with the last ride. When he does that, Big Show falls off out of the ring from the top rope, and he gets the one, two, three for the win. Um, so that was a very interesting match. It was really cool to see you guys the way it was set up too, because you had uh, Brock Lesnar actually coming out. He had just lost previously um, to Kurt Angle. And the last pay-per-view for the WWE Championship. And he comes out and cuts a promo. And now you guys know right now that Paul Heyman does all the talking for Brock Lesnar. Which, if you watch this promo, I gotta tell you, I'm so glad Paul Heyman is now doing the talking. Because Brock Lesnar is not that good of a talker. He stumbled over himself a few times. He repeated himself. And then the funny thing is when he realized he repeated himself... He just got angry at the crowd like it was their fault, which is really cool to see. But at the same time, I'm very glad Paul Heyman's in the picture and is now doing the talking to this day. Um, very next one I'm going to talk about, guys, is actually something that wasn't broadcast on TV. It was a house show um, in September of 2003, I believe uh, September 20th of 2003, if I remember correctly. But it's at Madison Square Garden, and it was a cage match for WWE Championship. And Brock Lesnar defeated The Undertaker in a steel cage. And the way he actually ended up winning this match was because towards the end, Vince McMahon came down to the end of the to the ring, got in the ring, um, actually got uh, uh, caught by the Undertaker, and Brock Lesnar was going to take out the Undertaker while he had a hold of Vince McMahon. Undertaker obviously ducked out the way, and guess who got hit with the freaking clothesline? That's right, Vince McMahon took a clothesline for Brock Lesnar, went down. He was on. He was laying down for about four to five minutes before he ended up getting up. But the way this match ended was uh, they're both trying to uh, climb out the steel cage. Which, by the way, back in the day, the steel cage was just a fence. Looked nothing like today's steel cages. I love the way today's steel cages look compared to the yesteryears, uh, especially in two thousand three. That it was literally just a fence. Um, but they were trying to climb out. Uh, Vince McMahon came up and was holding on to the Undertaker's leg, allowing Brock Lesnar to escape before the Undertaker, obviously allowing Brock Lesnar to get the win. So, therefore, there's another win for Brock Lesnar in the history of Brock Lesnar versus the Undertaker matches. Um, next thing I want to talk about, guys, we have the uh, September 30th, 2003 uh, SmackDown tapings. So probably aired, uh, I don't know, August 3rd, something like that. Uh, but it was Brock Lesnar teaming up with John Cena. What? Brock Lesnar and John Cena tag team? They actually tag team on multiple occasions. You can look that up. It's actually very interesting. Um, but they tag team, Brock Lesnar and John Cena tag team up to defeat the tag team duo of Kurt Angle and The Undertaker. Now, remember that this time, guys, The Undertaker, um, the guy that I'm talking about right now was Big Evil, if I, if I remember correctly, during this time period of 2003 he was big evil undertaker you know back when undertaker rode a motorcycle down to the ring and if you don't know what i'm talking about well you need to look it up because <laughs> it's pretty cool 
Uh, it's good to see Undertaker. And obviously, when you hear the promos, you know, even that, uh, you know, the segment that we were, that aired this past week on WWE, it's probably aired next week as well. Um, when they're talking about how Undertaker was able to adapt and change his character throughout the week. Well, he was. And the reason he was able to do that was part of it was because of the big evil that he became. Now, when I heard big evil, I was just kind of like, well, they had Kevin Nash, big sexy, so why are you going to call somebody else big evil? But. I ain't hating on it. Undertaker is who he is. Um, I loved him then, now, and forever. So, with that being said, it was very good. Um, but Brock Lesnar and John Cena did end up pinning and getting the win over Kurt Angle and The Undertaker that night. Um, the next encounter we have, uh, one-on-one between Brock Lesnar and The Undertaker, was uh, WWE No Mercy 2003. I believe it was October, uh, let's see, October 19th, 2003. If I remember correctly, if I'm doing my math right now, if I did my homework correct, uh, hopefully YouTube doesn't lie. Um, um, but it was a uh, biker chain match. Um, obviously, like I said, the Undertaker was doing the biker gimmick at the time. But guess who ended up getting the win on this occasion? Um, it was Brock Lesnar. He pinned the Undertaker for the WWE Championship. He actually retained, I believe retained. He may have won, but I believe he retained the WWE Championship in this match. So that was very cool to see. Um, but so far, it looks like Brock Lesnar's up again. Um, now, the very next the very next match we end up having was actually a handicap match. It was Undertaker taking on Lesnar and the Big Show in a handicap tag team match. Um, it was another SmackDown taping, and God damn it, I'm just saying, every time I say SmackDown taping, I realize how good SmackDown was back when Paul Heyman was the writer for SmackDown, the head writer. He was the head honcho. And if you've ever seen, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman, he talks about it. SmackDown at this point in time was beating, was beating Raw in the ratings. It wasn't just WCW who beat Raw in the ratings. It was also SmackDown when it was under Paul Heyman's regime. And at the end of the day, that's back, that's back when I got into wrestling. That's when... I, you know, I was watching SmackDown. I wasn't watching Monday Night Raw all the time because it wasn't as entertaining. I wanted to see SmackDown. SmackDown was my shit. And for what it is and for what it will be known as, I hope it gets back to that. Um, I enjoy SmackDown still to this day. It's, I know a lot of people are saying, no, it's the B show. That Until it goes to the USA at the beginning of the year, nobody's going to take it seriously. Even the writers aren't taking it seriously. I don't care because if you've seen lately SmackDown with Cesaro kicking ass and Kevin Owens and them getting the amount of time that they're getting and the way they're getting over on SmackDown, the matches that they're fucking having, believe me, SmackDown is a big deal and you should be watching it. I know this is 2003, but damn it, it's 2015 and SmackDown's still my shit. Um... But believe it or not, guys, that SmackDown taping where Undertaker defeated Brock Lesnar in the Big Show in a handicapped tag team match was the last meeting they had until this last meeting they had at WrestleMania 30. Um, it was It's very interesting to realize it was 11 years in between the Undertaker and Brock Lesnar's feud. Um, so to see him come back around and to see at WrestleMania 30 where Brock Lesnar ended up defeating the Undertaker, beating the streak, conquering the streak... You know, you can't get bigger than that. At the same time, I I, I list I watched uh, the Steve Austin uh, podcast on WWE Network with Vince McMahon, and Vince McMahon hit fucking the nail on the head. He asked the question. He asked who at the time was better to to beat the streak because everybody knows at one point in time. If you didn't know, if you if you thought that the streak was going to last forever, I apologize. It is what it is. Um, but it, it was never going to last forever. Undertaker said himself, streaks are made to be broken. Now, was Lesnar the right person to beat the streak? I mean, if you wanted to wait another five years, he probably wasn't. But at the end of the day, Undertaker wasn't going to be around for another five years. So somebody had to beat the streak. And if you look at that roster right now today, 
there might be a couple people you wanted to pick, but if you look at it back then, at 2014, April 6, 2014, was there anybody ready to defeat the streak? Other than John Cena, which John Cena doesn't need to defeat the streak to get over. He's already over. So there's no reason to have John Cena defeat the streak. There's no reason to have John Cena defeat The Undertaker at WrestleMania. I know some people want to see Undertaker versus John Cena at WrestleMania 32, but I don't. Um, I do think... I do think John deserves it. I would have loved to have seen a John Cena versus Undertaker match at WrestleMania. Um, but I think that ship has sailed, just personally. Uh, but as of right now, I mean, or as of then, who, who, nobody on that roster other than Brock Lesnar could have or should have beaten the streak. Um, so I didn't necessarily 100% agree with it because it would have been nice to see Undertaker retire with the streak intact. But at the same time... The build that WWE has got off Brock Lesnar and since he's returned, um, you know, being the unstoppable beast, uh, being what he is, you know, he is Brock Lesnar. He is the beast. He is all of these things, and everybody wants him to be all of these things. Um, and if you go back, like I said, through the history of what we've been talking about, guys, you can clearly see that that was the plan from the day one when Brock Lesnar was brought in back, you know, in two, late 2002, 2003, or early 2002. Um, that was the plan for Brock Lesnar. They made him champion quick. And the reason being is because they wanted him to have this aura about him. They wanted him to, to you know, to have this beast-like at the time, animal-like aura about him. Now, you know, WWE's been pushing him hard forever. And the fact of the matter is, is he went away, competed in UFC. And when he came back, him competing in UFC just allowed him them to take the initial plan they had for him with that aura and just amplify it. And that's why you put... Paul, bring Paul Heyman back, put him back with Brock Lesnar. That way you can have somebody who can get over that 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 the feeling, the 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 hatred, the beast like man that is Brock Lesnar. I mean, without that, without Paul Heyman, Brock Lesnar would not be who he is today. Even coming back, even after being in the UFC, even after being the UFC heavyweight champion. Without Paul Heyman, Brock Lesnar would not be who he is today. And the only thing he would be was a glorified Goldberg. Because at the end of the day, he can't talk. He wouldn't have learned to talk. He probably wouldn't have stayed as long as he did. He probably wouldn't have signed a new WWE contract. He probably would have went back to the UFC because he wouldn't have been happy. Things wouldn't turn out the way it was. He probably would never have been WWE World Heavyweight Champion um, without Paul Heyman. And now, to the same credit, I don't think Paul Heyman would have came back for anybody else um, or I guess stayed because he did come back and he was working with CM Punk, which I don't even want to get to that. That's another podcast. CM Punk is a whole other podcast, and believe me, it will happen. But I don't think he would have stayed after CM Punk if it wasn't for Brock Lesnar being there and them saying, hey, we want you to work with Brock again. Um, I don't think he would have. I'm glad he did. Uh, I think him and Brock Lesnar are no homo power couple of the WWE right now because at the end of the day, uh, with Paul Heyman's mic skills and Brock Lesnar's suplex city, fuck, there ain't nothing these two can't do, guys. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is that is truly the truth. Um, can't get more truthful than that. I know I just said version of truth three times in a row, but shit, that's just how I feel about it. It is what it is. I'm very happy about it. Um, it's very entertaining to see. Uh, Vince McMahon also had it right. Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar is a special attraction. Um, I'm glad with the contract that they have where it's limited dates because you don't want to see him every night on Monday night. Um, if you saw him every week on Monday Night Raw, you know, give it three months, four months, and it would kind of just fall down because you'd just be defeating everybody. You know, if he was on a regular run where he had regular matches every week in and week out, and um, granted, 
main event match these days don't ever actually seem to end. It always seems to end in disqualification, which I have a huge issue with because when's the last time you saw, you know, even the last six months Seth Rollins has had, you know, four matches that actually ended in pinfall or, you know, submission. Um, but it is what it is. But I'm glad Brock Lesnar is on limited dates appearance. Um, I think they're using those dates wisely, um, depending on the outcome of SummerSlam. I might want to see him for the next week or two after that, depending on the outcome. I don't know what the outcome is. Um, I don't want to speculate on what the outcome is because, like I said, at the top of the show, I want to be told a story, especially with The Undertaker being involved, especially with this Undertaker's last run. Now there's speculation where The Undertaker's going to come back after SummerSlam, uh, maybe compete in Survivor Series, then lead up to WrestleMania. I don't know. I don't want to speculate on that. That's just what I've read. I told myself I wasn't going to read anything, but... Sometimes you click a link, it has nothing to do with it. And by the time you're done reading it, it had everything to do with it. And you're like, son of a bitch, they got me. Fuck. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. Um, Brock Lesnar defeating The Undertaker and ending the streak uh, was a huge shocker. Um, that was also, at the time, I thought that was Undertaker's last match. Um, so I did the same thing I'm doing now. I didn't want to know what was going to happen. I allowed that story to be told. And when he ended that match, and it was such a quick match. And I know they're saying, you know, Undertaker got injured and he spent the night in the hospital that night after WrestleMania 30. Um, but I was, uh, I literally thought that was his last match going into it. And then after he lost, I, I definitely thought that was his last match until you had, uh, uh, until you had later on in the, uh, next year when you had Bray Wyatt calling out the Undertaker and I love Bray Wyatt, but guys, at the end of the day, that was very obvious that he's calling out the Undertaker when they do it for like three months before they were like, oh, okay, we'll announce it. I knew from like day one is the Undertaker. Um, so with that being said, uh, I, I'm glad now that I know that the Undertaker was coming back, that Lesnar was the one that defeated him. Um, but I also think Lesnar uh, defeating him and The Undertaker coming back kind of took away a little bit, just a little bit, from Lesnar's win at WrestleMania 30. Uh, and the only reason I think he took away just a little bit was because he came back and then he beat um, somebody who he should have beat in Bray Wyatt the next year. I mean, you can't go from losing to Lesnar to losing to Bray Wyatt. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt's awesome in the ring, but at the same time, you can't have... Uh, you cannot have... Undertaker lose two years in a row, and especially somebody who's not nearly as over, not nearly high up on the card as Brock Lesnar was, defeat The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Now, if you would have had somebody like Bray Wyatt or Roman Reigns or Dolph Ziggler or Dean Ambrose or even hell, Seth Rollins or Daniel Bryan defeat The Undertaker instead of Brock Lesnar to, to end the streak, I don't know... You want to you want to obviously assume that they would have been made men. They would have been the you know top guy in the company after that. I mean, who else? I mean, if you beat Undertaker for the streak, you're the top guy. Well, Brock Lesnar is kind of already the top heel head into that match, and he's still the top one of the top guys today. Um, and it's you know a year and a half later. I don't know if anybody else beat Undertaker for the streak at WrestleMania 30, if they would still be as over as Brock Lesnar is today. Um, that going said, a lot of those people who I just mentioned have made huge strides since then, including all three members of the Shield. Obviously, Seth Rollins, WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, Roman Reigns had some ups and downs. He's actually currently on an up right now, which is amazing, and hopefully it stays that way. Um, 
But, uh, you know, we'll see. Dolph Ziggler, he's been up and down. I kind of think he's going to pull around with the company just just, just because they want to push him, but at the same time they don't have a spot to push him in. And where they're pushing him in, he doesn't really want to be pushed in. So, you know, hopefully they get that figured out. Dolph Ziggler's a great guy. And if you listen to my first podcast, you heard that my dream match for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship is actually Dolph Ziggler versus The Miz at WrestleMania. What? Dolph Ziggler versus The Miz. Yes, Dolph Ziggler versus the fucking Miz. I don't know if you fucking remember, but The Miz beat John Cena at WrestleMania to retain the WWE Championship. Dolph Ziggler is one of the greatest performers in WWE right now. He sells a little bit too much, like Stone Cold says, and I completely agree. But at the same time, he tells some of the best stories. And the problem is, is The Miz has fallen off, and the only reason The Miz has fallen off is he hasn't done anything to reinvent his character. He's gone away and come back and said it's a new me, and then he just goes right back in his old bullshit and even with the whole oh it's the moneymaker gimmick he's got going which hasn't even said the word moneymaker in like three months but he's still using the same gimmick he just hasn't said moneymaker he's an a-lister whatever the miz never has had a good run at a baby face you know they tried with the whole work flair uh you know giving him the or the rub with you know teaching him the figure four but that didn't work out very well and it's nothing against the Miz, but they didn't work out very well. But at the time, nobody wanted to see something already been done. Nobody wanted to see, you know, Ric Flair give the rub to somebody else again. But anyway, we're getting off topic from this day's podcast of The Undertaker and Brock Lesnar. I apologize. But you get me talking Dolph Ziggler and The Miz, and shit's going to happen. They're two of my favorites of all time, and uh, I'm going to, you know, shit happens. I'm going to go on a rant occasionally now and then. But that's why this podcast is called Wrestling Rant. Yes, Wrestling Rant with a W. Why? It sounds cooler. Does it actually change the way it sounds? No, but hey, I can pretend, right? I live in fantasy land. This is a podcast. I can say whatever the fuck I want. It's my podcast. So fuck you if I can't say whatever I want. Don't listen to my podcast. If you enjoy me saying whatever I want, keep listening. Let me know how you feel on Twitter at Wrestling Rant. God, I say that a lot, but that's because I want you to follow me on Twitter at Wrestling Rant. I want you to tell me how you feel about this podcast. I want everybody to tell me how they feel about this podcast. And if you have questions or you want to talk wrestling... I'm the perfect guy to do it with, man. You hit me up. I will sit there and have conversations. It's no issue. So at the end of the day, it is what it is. And uh, it looks like I've actually got to uh, run over and uh, plug in my computer before this thing dies. It's at 13%. That's no bueno. So we're going to take a small little pause here. and I'll be right back. All right, I am back. Sorry about that, guys. I had to plug in the computer. It's going to die. This podcast would have been restarted. And God knows I don't want to do two takes of this shit. I am drunk. I am ready to go to sleep. But anyway, guys, at the end of the day, uh, Brock Lesnar, Undertaker, is coming up real quick at SummerSlam. It's coming up next week. Um, next week's podcast, I'm actually going to hold off on. It's going to be a day late because I want to do it after NXT TakeOver and I want to do it after SummerSlam. Um, I'm looking forward tremendously to both shows. Um, to be honest, if you listen to last week's podcast, I kind of have a thing going uh, with NXT TakeOver and SummerSlam being four hours. I'm kind of hoping you see NXT TakeOver SummerSlam. I hope the next night, the very next night after having NXT TakeOver in Brooklyn, they come out and they take over SummerSlam. I want the NXT competitors to take over. I don't care how it happens, when it happens, if it's one match, two matches, um, a whole, you know, one big segment, whatever it is, a hostile takeover, if you will. They all come out to the ring, refuse to leave until they, you know, and then it's main roster versus NXT, and they just have a big collision. That'd be fucking fantastic to me. Um, but we'll see what happens. Uh, other than that, I don't know why else 
or how else they're going to fill the four-hour time limit they have on SummerSlam. I don't know whose idea it was to make it four hours. Um, I know three-hour Raw is kind of a little bit long these days. A lot of people are complaining about it, and I also know that three-hour pay-per-views are worth it, but four-hour pay-per-views, that's going to make things a little confusing um, just because it's not what people are used to. So very quickly, guys, I want to get into the end of this. Uh, the end of this is going to be, I, I want to point something out. So if you've been paying attention to all the Brock Lesnar-Undertaker match that we've currently gone through in the past, um, now this is strictly just the versus matches. This isn't where they tag team together matches or anything like that, okay? Now, grant the, the triple threat and the uh, handicap matches are on here. But I want to give you the score of when it comes to Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar. The final score of the two in versus matches is uh, Lesnar 6 and Taker 2. That's right, you heard me. And when it comes to versus matches, you have Lesnar 6 and Taker 2. Now, both of Taker's wins were either in triple threat or handicap tag matches. Now, yes, the handicap tag matches and triple threat, um, I do believe brought... Or, or, Undertaker got the pin on Brock Lesnar. I'm not 100% sure about the handicap tag. I don't remember off the top of my head, but I know for a fact in the triple threat that it was indeed that. Um, but he's Taker has never beaten Brock Lesnar one-on-one. Not from the records that I've seen, not from the research I've done, has not happened one-on-one. So if it has happened and I'm wrong, please let me know. But I've never, I cannot recall, and I've looked up, I did my research, Taker has not never beaten Brock Lesnar one-on-one, unless it's a house show that I couldn't find. Um, that's very possible. But basically, I went through... Uh, Brock Lesnar's match history and I pulled out all the matches that involved him and Undertaker and I watched them all over the last few days so hopefully my research is correct and legit I'm sure you'll let me know if I'm wrong but the fact that Lesnar and Taker you know is such a big difference in match wins you know six with Lesnar and two with Taker I mean I don't want to I don't want to predict SummerSlam I told you this, I'm not going to fantasy book in any way, shape, or form, but maybe that little tidbit of information might help you decide what you're thinking on. Um, so, the question is, is, will that previous number of 6-2, and two, will that change SummerSlam? Well, me for one, I can't wait to find out. And I want you to let me know what you think at Wrestling Ran on Twitter. Uh, please follow me on Twitter, SoundCloud, check my stuff out on iTunes. Please share with all your fans, all your Twitter followers, yourself. You guys out there, like I said, this is a Wrestling Rant podcast. It is for the fans, by a fan, and at the end of the day, guys, I do this strictly for free and because how much I love the wrestling business as as a whole, but that also includes the fans, which are you guys, and I'm just trying to tap into a tad little bit of that. I uh, appreciate you guys for listening this week. I know it was short and sweet, but I wanted to get it out the way, and hopefully uh, next week after SummerSlam, we'll have a real good, interesting podcast for you, and so come on back, and I'll talk to you guys later.